Hello, adventurers and friends. Welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast and another episode of All on the Table. This will be our final transition episode before we move into the Extinction Curse, for which we are all tremendously excited. We invite you to join us for that epic adventure starting next week. And now, to All on the Table. Today, our characters are all built around a mechanic within Pathfinder 2E called Dedications. Dedications are this system's answer to multi-classing. In Pathfinder 2nd Edition, when a player chooses a class, they stay with that class throughout the life of the character. Multi-classing is handled by taking special feats called Dedication Feats, which give a character certain abilities of their Dedication class. These feats are taken in place of the primary class's class feats, which typically appear every other level or so. We're going to start, as we do with All on the Table, by going over the characters everyone will be playing. We'll start with a guy you all know as DM, it's Tyler, as today I will be making a mess of game mastering. Tyler, tell us all about your character. <laughs> Alright, man. Uh, I am going to play in a lizard folk ex-gladiator, uh, an escaped slave named Tirashk, and I am a bard for my class, but my dedication is barbarian. So I basically did all, left all the spell casting and the buffing and the debuffing to the bard spell list and focused all of my class feats on making myself a good fighter, if you will. So, cool. yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays. Uh, Tarashk actually uh, inspires courage by doing a variation of the Haka, which is the... Uh, challenge dance from what is it david maori court maori maori culture from new zealand yes from maori culture uh and that's how he's going to be inspiring courage which is very cool if you have not watched haka dances or chants on youtube go do that you'll definitely spend a couple hours watching them it is very cool all right let's move on to spencer what are you going to be playing uh, my character was more so inspired by the 1E Magus, so I'm going with the main fighter with the dedication of the wizard. Um, I'm also an ancient elf. In ancient elf in 2E, you have the ability to take a dedication feat at level 1 instead of level 2. Which is definitely an important thing to bring up if you want to look at dedications. Ancient Elf from the Advanced Character Guys, something I think really important to bring up because it is the only way you can get a dedication, or at least currently the only way you can get a dedication at first level. Otherwise, you have to get it at second level. And similar to the Magus, uh, my main spell will be Shock and Grasp, and I will be attacking with a Bastard Sword. My character is heavy armor, well, medium armor with the bastard sword, but I have glamoured armor and shifted weapon. So whenever I start combat, I basically look like a wizard in plain robes and a staff. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, but you're wearing like chainmail. Based around like deception. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you're wearing like chainmail, right? Yep, chainmail. So look uh, at that I, wizard with that. his staff. Yeah. Oh, look at that fighter with a bastard sword and heavy <laughs> armor. So yeah, it That's should really be uh, interesting. All right. Some of the feats contradict nope, themselves, sorry. but we'll, we'll, it'll work out. In what way? Yeah. Uh, well, just like the the. F I mean, I've kind of fixed it, but for instance, the exacting strike with press having to be a second attack, and a lot of the spells have two actions, so I can only do one action afterwards, and I have power attack, which is two actions, so I can never really like 
do all the strong stuff in one turn. Oh, Which I'm sure like, they built like a it Magus that way. Could. Yeah, well, it was like a Magus could. So, one Would turn haste you'll help see you? greatly. And I do have haste, so we'll see how it works out. We'll see how oh, works out. yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And um, one other thing I was going to mention is yeah, so a lot of my turns will be like very fighter esque, while the other f turn is the more wizard esque. But I'll be in well, melee 24 cool. 7. Let's go. All right. Swanee, what are you going to be playing? Okay, so similar to Spencer, I chose to go try to kind of recreate a 1E class. Uh, in this case, it's kind of the, the Arcane Trickster, which is uh, I went with a base of a rogue and dedication of wizard. The big thing that he gets is, I mean, any rogue can take it, but you really need a dedication feat of some sort of spellcasting class to make it worth it. Um, the level 4 rogue ability that gives you called Magical Trickster. It allows you to add sneak attack damage to any spell attack roll against a flat-footed foe. And how much sneak attack damage do you have at level 8, which is what level we are at here? Only 2d6, so it's a lot different than uh, than 1e scaling for, for sneak attack. Interesting. I have also noticed that. So my wizard attacks rolls aren't quite as good as my regular attack rolls. So we'll see how it all plays out, but kind of went with all melee attack spells so that we can, so that I can be up in the business and just kind of reach out and touch them. <laughs> and I should mention, we went with level eight because we felt that that was a good place where you're going to be getting some of the better stuff from doing dedications. They can be a bit slow, like taking spellcaster dedications that you can find information on on page 219 of your core rule book uh, it's slow progression for spells you don't get a lot of them um, at level 8 you can have something at least yeah I think at level 8 I have a total of 5 spells but the bonus for, for rogue is that it does not say that those spells have to be like a leveled spell it just says a spell so I can use 0 level spells to do it too oh cool as long as it's a, an attack roll, so that doesn't leave a lot of options. But all right, and then finally we've got Ted. What are you going to be playing? Uh, my character is pretty simple. It's a ranger with uh, the champion dedication. So as lay on hands, basically. A ranger with lay on hands. Oh, his name's Barry, and he's an elf. <laughs> Barry the elf. So did you also do the ancient elf thing? I did. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was the way to go. I, it, it I should I should mention my my guy is yeah. Uh, is not an ancient elf. He's a halfling, and his name is Milo. All right. So does anybody else have anything else they want to say about their character before we kind of just move on in here? Nah, I think I'm good. Barry's ready All to right. go. All right. I suppose As I, I didn't say it, the Magus is named Nim. Nim. I will say that uh, before we did this, or as we were talking about it, I let everybody know that they were going to be facing undead. So that is kind of the theme of this dungeon. And speaking of the dungeon, you find yourselves within an ancient dungeon, deep underneath the parched dunes of Osirium. Amazingly, here under the sands, you have found the stone cavern which you were told of. In front of you is a stone door. You know the last party sent into this long-forgotten place got this far, because you can see the chalk markings they left pointing out the traps they encountered. Determining why they never returned is part of your mission. In front of you, you see a door. Cool. I uh, bash it open. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, That's not my character. 
And we're yeah. all dead. Let's roll up some new characters. <laughs> Milo, Milo, this is this is this is your this is your expertise, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. I I can look for some traps. I know they've marked some out here. Let's look around here first and see if uh, we can figure out what exactly happened to them. Are, do we see any bones? Out here, you don't really even need a perception check. It's obvious to see that this area is quite empty. There are no corpses, no bones. Um, no real items or anything. It's rather cavern-like and nothing here except rock. All right, so, so where did they mark the traps? Uh, there are traps marked all around the door. Oh. Wait, uh, hold on. There are traps marked? Yes, there are traps that have been outlined and marked and pointed to with chalk around the door. This seems highly okay. suspicious. Um, so Milo's going to look at those traps, try to kind of verify whether he agrees with them, and also look for other ones. Alright, go ahead and give me a perception check on it. Right, first roll of the night, I'm a little nervous. And... <laughs> <laughs> that is a one. The master perceptor. <laughs> Which still gives you an 18, um, but would decrease your success rate by one. Uh, as you look at these traps that are marked out here, like, yeah, you agree that there were traps there, but you're also quite certain there are more traps along this door, but you can't figure out exactly how to disarm them. How does it look, Milo? There are lots of traps here. Well, how do we proceed? Are they tripwire traps, pressure plate traps? Your check would everything. not a yeah. Your check would not allow you to know that. <laughs> Hold on a second. Milo's, Milo's trying to look smart, and be like, "Oh yeah, I mean, there's some of those. There's a <laughs> don't touch that spot over there." I Tarashka is going to walk over to a. Is there is there like a, a rock, basketball sized rock, maybe larger, sure. small boulder yeah. around? Absolutely, medium sized boulder around. Sure, you could find a medium-sized boulder. Why not? Okay, so Tarash walks over to the medium-sized boulder and says, Everybody step aside. Gladly. Uh, I, Tarash has this thing called a lifting belt, and okay. I spend two interact actions to lift an object of up to eight bulk as though it were weightless. It requires two hands. Uh, if it's locked or held in place, I can attempt to force it open, etc., etc. You can but lift eight bulk as though it were weightless. As though it were weightless. I also have an 18th strength, so basically... So you just carry I, horses around on your back, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just pick up the biggest rock that I can, like, Milo, feasibly pick up with that. Milo's gonna hide behind some other rocks real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> rolls a nat 20 on his stealth check to hide behind a rock. Well, at this point, you're perfectly uh, average, aren't you, bud? Yep. Fucking nobody good. where you are. Good start to the, the night. A one and a 20. Once All everybody right. kind of, you know, scatters away, uh, is going to and throw it at the door. So are you actually going to try and do damage to the door, or are you just trying to trigger any traps? Trigger traps and damage door. Like, this is a this is an all-in-one beatdown package. Okay. Well, the uh, door, you can see, is clearly made of work stone, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, the boulder hits it, and there's a big thud, and then another thud as it falls and hits the ground. No traps are set off, and the door has sustained only minor damage. 
Seems like this isn't an issue, guys. Just go unlock the door. Oh, hold on. I walk over and pick up the stone and carry it back to where it was and boom, drop it. How very conservationist of you. Leave no footprint. Yes, we hate for that to be out of place. Leave things as you found them. Well, then we should leave the door alone and just go home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Not in this case. We we have a job to do. All right. So does, does, it does, seem like, does it seem like can, can anybody go- unlock anything? I mean, I can try. <laughs> That's. I mean, is there like? Do we see like keyholes? Maybe is there? A I was, slot, yeah, I was, was like going to ask. Door? Like, does it look like any of these locks have already been attempted to be? Yeah. Like, why don't you so make a perception check on the door again? This time, looking for locky stuff. I'll take a look too. Milo gets a thirty-three. Barry gets a twenty-seven. Both of you are able to realize that there is a complex locking mechanism on this door. It appears to still be locked, but you do see that there is dust that has been swiped away, as though it had been recently unlocked. Oh, so it's not locked right now? It is locked right now. I have a levered crowbar. I can try to just force this bitch open. No, I mean I can unlock it. I've got thieves' tools. Milo has this ability from the uh, Lost Omens character guide. Um, as a halfling, his race, racial ability, I took a adroit manipulation, which if I succeed on a pick lock, it counts as critical success. Just, oh, shit. So, there you go. And you have to be a Mirini half-elf to take it, so. That's a big deal, having that. So guess what? I'm a Mirini half-elf. Or not half-elf, halfling. Halfling. Why am I, why am I saying half-elf? Halfling. Mirini. Okay, and then I also have... Uh, Wary disarmament, David. So, okay. I will attempt to unlock this. All right, go ahead and make a check. I will get a twenty-nine. A twenty-nine. Okay. As you go through and try to open this, a few different things happen. You can see that there are multiple different tumblers in here, obviously, and it looks like actually one of them has already been done. Like it's stuck there. Knowing what you do about lockpicking, you could surmise that it had recently been picked uh, and maybe even broke, and that one in there has just stuck. Um, with that being a success, it counts. It opens a lock unless the lock is superior quality, in which case it counts as two successes. This is not a superior quality lock, so you simply fully unlock it the rest of the way without having to make any further checks. And even more importantly, no trap goes off. Oh. Nice. So this place looks like it's all trapped to hell, but nothing happens, huh? Well, you will recall that. Uh, yeah, you will. You will recall that Milo rolled a one on his uh, attempt to figure out if there's traps. Yeah, I do remember that. Well, all right. So uh, then, Milo, get out of the way, Milo. I got it. Milo bows and steps to the side. Uh, is it like a door that splits down the middle that opens both directions, or is it one side? How am I doing? That? The the former. Uh, so. Trash kind of gets in there and digs his claws in on either side, just then just wrenches it open with a. Do I have to make an athletics or anything? No, you're simply able to open this door. You open the door into a small room. There is little here save a center dais, which appears to pay homage to an important person of antiquity. Behind the dais is an open doorway leading north into another room. Strangely, it all seems to be dimly lit with wall mounted torches which give off no heat. So, who would like to go first? Or am I uh, going first and checking I, the traps? I open the door and I'm walking in. 
you see what I described. There's a, a center dais which largely blocks your view of the larger room behind, but you can clearly see that there is a larger room behind this small entry room that you are currently in. Trash enters in and walks up to the dais and kind of looks it up and down a little bit. There are there is writing on this uh, on this dais, and it appears to be paying homage to some ancient character, some ancient person. What languages do you speak? Or let me just say it this way. Does anyone speak ancient Osiriani? Common in Aruxi. Aruxi? I like your Ruxi. That works. You are entirely unable to know what it says. I did not do my languages. I should have done that. I didn't either. Nor did I, so I'm going to say I speak halfling. Elf. (laughs) Ancient Arisian. (laughs) Is this still one for... Each yes. Mod. Yep. Yeah. One for each intelligence mod. Yep. Then sure, I like speak that. ancient. <laughs> Another question is, how prepared are we for this? Like, I mean, if Milo had a lot of time, he would have absolutely known. I mean, we're in, we're going to Assyria and we're looking in the Assyrian tomb. He probably would have I mean, studied up on it. Yeah, you probably would have. You can try to decipher writing using society. Swan, are you better than me? Uh, I have a fourteen. Me too. You guys got this. All right. Sure, both of you can give it a shot. I'll study some stuff and get a measly 17. And then are either of you saying that you do know ancient Osiriani or have studied it? Swanee thinks Milo would have studied it prior. Makes sense. I mean, um, as, a, as a part wizard, he is very studious about things. Sure. That makes sense. So here's what we'll say. Um, so neither of you rolled well on your society checks, a 17 and a 16. <laughs> it was um, bad. But here's the thing, you don't need it. Uh, this is not coded writing. This is not something you have to decipher. It is simply in an ancient language, and that ancient language is ancient Assyriani. Uh, it talks about a powerful wizard named Kuram Shazad. And it seems as though Kuram Shazad had at one time lived in this area and was quite vain and put up a plaque to himself uh, talking about the great deeds he had done as a wizard. And that's what this dais is. So it's just, it's just him bragging. <laughs> it's just Kuram Shazad bragging, correct. I want his spell book. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> As you pass by the dais, you can see into the second room. In this room, you see the mangled and broken bodies of the previous party. Every member is dead and appears to have been ripped apart. Fresh blood splatters the stone, which is stained dark with the blood of countless lives lost in gruesome fashion over countless centuries or even millennia. The unusual dryness of this desert cavern does little to assuage the stench of death and rot. In the middle of the room is a large sarcophagus with its lid on the floor. And for anybody, of course, for everybody who cannot see the map, the sarcophagus is in the middle of the floor and it is quite large. It is 25 feet by 10 feet. That's a big sarcophagus. Trashquill waltz through that opening and curiosity. Okay, show me exactly where you go. Okay, okay, okay. I go right. Um, okay. So <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> Not just yet. <laughs> I try Nim, to make my way to the sarcophagus. Nim, take yourself back five feet for me. For all right, place. all right. I'm about to blow up. And for both Nim and Tarask, uh, if you could each give me a perception check. Yes, sir. I get a 22. I get a 34. Both of you 
notice as you are approaching, uh, and actually what we're going to do is take you both back five more feet here, Tarask and Nim back five more feet because Nim and Tarask, right in front of you, you recognize the trigger for a trap. Nice. Hold. Milo. Yes? Come take a look at this, Milo. Uh, Milo will approach. I have trap finder for my rogue. Um, so I get plus one bonus to perception checks to find traps, to AC against attacks from traps, and to saves against traps. And then I also get to see traps, even if um, I'm not searching for them. Apparently some traps must be like, you can only see them if you're searching. Gotcha. Yeah, they have like a stealth check. It's like they're hiding from you. That is how these ones work. It is now right in front of you where you're standing. And it appears to cover the entire width of the room. The trigger or the trap? The trigger. The trigger is the entire width of the room. Milo, go ahead and make a perception check because they can point it out to you. You go ahead and make a perception check to try and learn about it. I get a 19. I roll a 2. Milo, quit rolling like garbage, bud. Uh, You do see the trigger that they mentioned to you, but you cannot figure out what it would trigger or how that trap would work. How wide is the trigger? Is like the whole, like a five foot wide or? Uh, Yes, essentially it is. Yes, it's five feet wide and it covers covers the entire width of the room. So are we looking like a rope or like a string or like a... Uh, More like pressure plates. Pressure plates on the ground. Yeah. Singular or multiple pressure plates? Uh, There's a pressure plate in each five foot square all the way across the room. Oh, gotcha. So with my perception, would I be able to tell how to like disable just one of them or? Not with that perception that you got. Or no, I guess you'd be making a, well, no, because you're going to have to be able to figure out what this trap is before you can try and disable it. So yeah, with that perception check, you cannot figure out what this trap is to be able to try and disable it. Milo, step aside. Uh, I advise just jumping over it, guys. That's all I'm doing. I take a 10 feet, I step back 10 feet, and I get a running start and use the ju- the leap action to clear that five foot gap. And actually, hold on, I actually jump 15 feet over that gap all the way to the sarcophagus because I have um, the, power, the powerful leap skill feat. As you run up, go ahead and give me another perception check before you make your jump. Before I make my jump, 28. Tarask is running up and about to jump over but just as you do, you uh, put on the brakes and realize, wait a minute, every single one of these squares has a pressure plate on it for a trap. All right, let's just roll the boulder down, bowling ball style. All right, I'll go get the boulder then. <laughs> Taras goes back and gets the boulder. I step out of the room. <laughs> can, can Milo take more time to study the trap to try to figure out? That's a good question. Let's find out. Can you take 10? Can you take 20? What you can do is the exploration activity search. We're just going to use search. You seek meticulously for hidden doors, concealed hazards, and so on. You can usually make an educated guess as to which locations are the best to check and and move at half speed. You can always move more slowly. Okay, hold on. If you come across a secret door, item, or hazard while searching, the DM will attempt a free secret check to seek to see if you notice the hidden object or hazard, which we have seen. That so makes see, sense. So basically, we've found it. It seems as though just seeking on its own does not give any information about it. There must be some other skill or skill action we can use. Like, like, like recall, recall knowledge. You can use recall knowledge with almost any skill. That's true. Uh, but there's so definitely disabled device in thievery. Yeah. 
So I think it would be that. Yeah, Milo, you can take another crack at it and look at trying to disable this device. Okay, so am I making disable device roll or? Yeah, go ahead and make a thievery check. 20, there's another four. <laughs> uh, you rolled very poorly, but it is enough. You are able to tell that right in front of you, the pressure plate would trigger a spear launcher. And the spear launcher is all the way over there on the eastern wall. So it would shoot straight across from the right to the left. And with a 20, you are able to disable this pressure plate. But you are also able to tell it looks like it has some kind of a timer on it that it would reset. It's boulder time. Can I tell how long? Like, does each does each row have its own spear launcher? Hold on. Trash wants hey. to try something. Yes, it does. As you look down, you can see a spear launcher on each row alternating from the right side of the room to the left side of the room, right side of the room, left side of the room. All the way up to the top? Yes. Is there any on the northern end? Uh, There is 10 feet at the northern end of the uh, map where there are not pressure plates, just like there's 10 feet at the bottom part of the map. Got it. Okay, okay. And can we tell, can I tell how long that timer is before it resets? Um, Go ahead and make another thievery check for me. Trashka is going to grab a rock and throw it on the pressure plate in front of him. Uh, yes, you believe that it will reset in about uh, a minute. It's got to make him run out of ammo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a rock on a pressure plate. Okay, which one? The one like right up front, ten feet in front of me. Throw it, and so big enough rock to cover the pressure plate and keep it depressed is the key. So you throw your rock, and it does depress the pressure plate. Interestingly, nothing happens. I'm going to go grab another rock and then Roll go it. and like place it on the other side of the rock I just threw out there and just kind of like toss it and drop it five feet in front of me to the next pressure plate. Wait, so where do you stand? So, okay, so I'm going to move. Um, okay, I'm going to go right up to it. There's a rock All right. right here. Okay. Yep. Yep, And I want to, uh, like, if I have to, I'll step up on top of the rock, but I just want to place another rock just on the other side <laughs> of that one. You're going to, like, balance on the top of the rock? Yeah, if I need to, yeah. No, I, I don't think you need to. You'd be able to toss it over there. Like, I'm thinking, like, if if the plates stay depressed, they don't get to reset. And if we just get to, you know, place them in front of us and walk on the rocks behind. You're able to throw another rock onto the next pressure plate. 10 feet away from you, and again, it seems to work. The pressure plate is depressed, but no spear shoots out. Can you remind me, how did the people die in this room? Uh, They all look as though they're ripped apart, but you definitely do see some spears in carcasses. I'm going to take another rock and throw it again. Now 15 feet in front of you? Yep. Okay, the same result. I'm going to step forward five feet. Are you going to try and be on the rock or not be on the rock? On the rock. I wanted, like, a, a rock big enough to be a stepping stone. Perfect. Nothing happens. You're good. Then I go up to the next one. Nothing happens. You're good. Got another rock right here. All right. I'm going to step on this rock right here. The next one. Uh, nothing happens. You're good. I'm going to step but back over. Oh, you're sorry. also, at that point, able to see inside of the sarcophagus? Oh, yes. And what's inside of the sarcophagus is able to see you. Oh. 
inside uh. of the sarcophagus <laughs> pops out, or you see sitting in there just waiting five of these mummies. Five mummies. Yes. Fantastic. Initiatives. Hello, boys. So I'm kind of wondering if, yeah, maybe these first few sets of uh, rows have been, like, drained. They're just out of ammo. They're out of ammo. I mean, think of it. The the, the trap at the beginning it didn't... Nothing Nothing happened. Yeah, someone's all already triggered. triggered everything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was so this, close to just sprinting out there. I was getting this, bored. This tomb has begin, just gotten raided over and over and over again. But nobody's made it to the end, presumably. Milo, what is your initiative? Milo gets a 29. Tarask? 33. Barry? 24. And Nim? 22. So they get a 24. Barry, what is your modifier? I'm going to throw I'm going to throw raw at you here real quick. When a player mm-hmm. and a monster tie, the monster goes first. I win. Oh, okay. I guess I have, the monster which one? goes first then. I have a feat that I win. Wait, what? Oh, really? It's called I win. Oh, yeah. I is it really? Something like uh, terrible. That fate. is Elven, amazing. It's Elven instincts. I love it. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Uh, Elven Instincts. Your senses let you react rapidly. You gain a plus two circumstance bonus to perception checks made for initiative rolls. Additionally, if your initiative roll result is tied with that of an opponent, you go first regardless of whether you roll perception or not. That is awesome. Okay. That's like, that's like cheating. That's fantastic. It is an I win feat. Okay. I win. <laughs> well, first to act is to rash. Well, the first thing Tarashk is going to do is, uh, uh, after he says hello, boys, he's going to uh, use one action to inspire courage, and uh, he's going to do a short haka dance, chest slap, foot stomp, and uh, everybody's going to get inspire courage until at least the end of my next round. What does that do again? Uh, I'm putting it right onto Fantasy Grounds for you, but it gives you a plus one status bonus to attack rolls, damage rolls, and saves against fear effects. So that's going to be my first action. Then for my second action, I am going to cast Mirror Image on myself. Is that only a one-action spell? It's a two-action spell. And the way Mirror Image works is three images swirl about my space. um, And any attack that would hit me has a random chance to hit one of those three images instead. I'm trying to think what the important bit is here. Hold on. Oh, if an attack roll fails to hit your AC but doesn't critically fail, it destroys an image but has no additional effect. And that's my turn. Alrighty, after Tirash, it is Milo. Okay, so you did not actually move up and engage with any of them. Doesn't look like no. They're uh, they're all like in the sarcophagus. Yeah. Are they still like down low? I can't actually see them. Uh, I don't Correct. know if they're yep. prone. They're not prone, but they're kind of the walls of the sarcophagus are high enough that you're not able to see them. Um, Tarashk is able to because just because he's right up close to it and standing on a rock. Yeah, yeah. Also that. So I'll draw my short sword for my first action. Second action, I will actually cast shield on myself. So they can't see me. I think I can do like a hide action, right? 
So for hide specifically, you need to have cover. Yeah, so hide would mean that uh, you huddle behind cover or greater cover. David, would you say that the mummies have cover from Milo and Milo yeah, has cover from absolutely. the mummies? Then yeah, he could take can, the hide check. Yeah, you, and you can see that there are pillars in here you could hide behind. There's detritus that you could hide behind or detritus if you're British. Uh, you could even just move up and hide right behind the sarcophagus wall. Okay, um, so instead of casting shield, I will move behind one of these pillars and do a hide action. Is that a pillar? Well, that is a pillar. And I, I attempt to hide behind the pillar. Okay, go ahead and make a check. It's a secret roll. Is it? Mm. Does, yep. Does David want secret rolls? He hasn't nah, asked for okay. any yet. Okay, then no. Just, just do it as a regular check. I'm cheating. How's the ruling? Nat 20 Ooh, for a 38. That's a nat 20 for a 38. You feel as though you have hidden yourself quite well. All right, then after that, it is Barry who gets to go first over the enemies. Because he wins. Uh, Barry. He wins. So Barry probably can't see these guys at all. Correct. And the only person right now who sees them is Tarashk. Well, even though Barry wins, he's going to delay. He's going <laughs> to let right. them go first. All right. Um, they will, in fact, go first. And on their turn, uh, Tarash, since you can see them, uh, I am going to need you to give me a will save, please. Yes, sir. Is this a fear effect? It is a fear effect. And I get a plus one on it because I'm currently inspired by my own courageousness. Excellent. Good. I roll a nat 20 and get a 36. Jeez, <laughs> you critically <laughs> succeed. You ain't scared of no damn mummies. Uh, (laughs) you are you are fearless i'm having Um, fun with this it is cool but you are not invulnerable and what's going to happen is they are going to start moving up and surrounding you all right in the way that they move certainly you would get attacks of opportunity if if i had had it which i don't I can't take that. So because of the way that uh, when you take class feats from another class, uh, like the top end of taking the feats from another class is uh, half your current level. An attack of opportunity, I believe, is a sixth level barbarian feat. So I would need to be 12th level in order to take it. Gotcha. So essentially, every mummy spends two actions climbing over the walls of the sarcophagus and moving up to surround you. Um, However, the one right in front of you is just like climbing up the wall and getting right in your face, just reaching over the wall of that sarcophagus. And every single one of them is going to make an attack on you. So um, here we go. Bring it on. So attack number one, Uh, that's a 35 to hit. 35 hits and is a crit. It has to roll a 1d4, has to roll a d4, and it hits me on a one because I have mirror image. So I roll a three. So then one of my images pops. If his attack has a critical success uh, effect, it just basically makes the image pop and nothing happens. It does not have a critical success effect. Now I'm down to two images around me. That was incredibly lucky for you. All right, attack number two. (laughs) Well, not lucky. You prepared. You prepared with your your image. Uh, Attack number two. I roll a natural 20. Oh, again. That's another trick. I think on this time, it it actually calls out in the spell mirror image how to do this. 
when you have two images remaining, you do a D6, and on a one or a two, it hits me. Okay, here comes the D6. I roll a four, it misses. So then that means it pops that image. <laughs> well, well well done. I just dodged yeah. two critical you hits. You just dodged two critical hits. That is insane. All right, Attack number three. <laughs> I roll a one, so that's a critical miss. That means that none, none of my images go. Yep. Attack number four. That's a 25. Does that hit? 25 does hit, yes. Now I only okay. have one image, so roll a d6, and on a one, two, or three, it hits me. Okay, here we go. D6. I roll a four. It misses. All right, there we go. Last <laughs> image goes, and I have successfully utilized mirror image to its fullest. That is amazing. One final zombie, the one right there in your face, reaching over the sarcophagus, tries to rake his terrible rotted hand over your face and he gets an 18 to hit 18 misses that was a tremendously successful <laughs> round of attacks for you against Come them. me boys <laughs> that haka is working <laughs> um, okay then uh then it is uh nim's turn actually i want to take my turn oh barry is going to take his turn okay toss me back the initiative <laughs> Insert initiative here. Barry, first stop, doesn't like how close he is to these guys, so he's going to back up this first action. And remember, it is dim light in here, so if you do not have low light vision, uh, if you're outside of 30 feet, then you're going to have trouble seeing them. I do have low light. Okay. Uh, Then Barry is going to mark the one that's directly in front of him as his hunt prey. Uh, so for Barry's third action, he's going to do hunted shot and fire two arrows at the one in front of him that he marked as his hump, right? A 37 to hit. Goodness, yes, that will hit and indeed will be a critical a critical hit. Okay, I'm going to roll the second attack too. Nat 20. I'm dead. Oh my 35 goodness. Another hit. critical hit. And with the composite shortbow, there is an effect that it if it is adjacent to any um, surfaces, I pin them to the surface with arrows. You pin it to its friend behind him. Those two mummies are now pinned together with two arrows. Like like Siamese mummies. There. <laughs> so for deadly D10, I just add a D10 to my rolls, right? Yep. 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 So you still didn't double your, your attack di- rolls or attack dice and do a d10 yeah you don't double the d10 you just add the d10 but i do double my dice at my static Mm -hmm. uh no you still double static yeah you double static double double the dice double the static add a d10 yeah yep Yep. there you go it's gonna be 46 plus four and one d10 oh my god nice roll first arrow would be 32 damage just to confirm the inspire does add one to damage right or is it just attack? No, attack and damage, yes. Okay. Second arrow. Not even close to as good. 17 damage. Okay. And if uh, they do have DR, this does combine into one shot. Yeah, it appears as though your damage has fully gone through. Okay. That is my return. Those were two good shots. And indeed, those two mummies, that was two crits, those two mummies are now pinned together like arrows right through the nipples on each of them uh, and they are stuck together if they had nipples they're just mummies and now it is Nim's turn alright I will take an action to turn my staff into a bastard sword 
and then I'll move up 25 feet behind this Okay, guy. hold on just a second here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you back and you can make your choices. When you hit like this square, mm-hmm. it is going to launch one of the spears at you. Oh, I thought we triggered all the walls already. No, you guys have not yet figured out what's going on with these traps. Oh. So when well, you I, I wouldn't know. I, I, like, my character thinks that happens, so right, I mean, what happens? Yeah, right all, all of you think you have figured out these, yeah. or at least you have an idea, but you're wrong. You don't know how these traps work yet. Uh, and so when you get there, uh, there is going to be a spear that launches at you from the right side of the room, and it's going to make an attack. Is okay. it AC, not a reflex? So, yep, this is going to go after your AC. That's uh, It gets a 25 to hit. Spot on. Uh, the spear launches at you. It just clips you and deals you 12 damage. All right. Well, after you at- get attacked by that, yeah, you can choose what you want to do from there. Yeah, I was going to say, after realizing that there's still spears everywhere, possibly, I will halt right there. And That was two actions, so I'll just use my final action just to swing at the one in front of me. Just a normal swing. 28 to hit? 28 does hit. Oh, 2d12, dude, you deal? <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Bastard sword is a d12? <laughs> yeah. Right? What am I doing? Seems something crazy. No, I'm sure you're right. It is when you're using it with two hands, yeah. yeah I mean, you rolled it, so. Wow. Okay, so you deal it 29 damage with that one swing. That's a big hit. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. And it is it is hurting. It is hurting. Well done. Um, after Nim, it is back to the top of the order with Tarash. Well, the first thing Tarash is going to do is spend another action to cons- continue inspiring his foes uh, with more Haka slaps. Hunasa! Your, your, your foes or your allies? Uh, did I say foes? <laughs> you did. I inspire my allies and frighten my foes. They're Please so don't inspire them. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mechanically frighten them. I just, you know flavorfully frighten them. Anyways, uh, that's going to be my first action. Uh, For my second action, I've been debating this, and I think what I'm going to do... Cast mirror image again? (laughs) Honestly, it it occurred to me to do just that. (laughs) Um, However, I am instead going to cast uh, True Strike. True Strike allows me to, on my next attack roll twice and use the better result and I'm going to attack the one that Nim just messed up makes sense that's also the one that uh, Barry shot okay perfect then uh, I'm going to use my claws which do piercing damage so here's my first d20 and here's my second d20 so I rolled a 19 and an 8 I'll take the 19 please and get a 35 (laughs) you not only hit you critically hit Sweet. Ooh, deal 29, 29 slashing damage. More damage. It's got to be dead. We just fucking smashed it four <laughs> times. It Three is. crits and a bastard sword head. It is, it is very much coming unraveled, but still limping along. Wow. Milo, where's that fireball? Just hit me with it, man. After Tarash, it is indeed Milo. Nothing's dead yet? It's awfully close. Yeah, I don't have fireball. If you got AOE, do it. I don't have AOE either. Well, then just help us kill one at a time. 
done 107 damage to this thing, and it's not dead. That is correct. 107 damage. That really worries me. Our highest is 104. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I will do is uh, Milo will move up, hoping that um, it's something to do with the rocks. He will jump on top of this rock. You do not trigger a trap. So that is one move action. And then he will take a stab at this uh, one right in front of Nim. The one that is just hanging on. Correct. Let's see, I'm using my short sword. That will be a 35 35 to hit. hits and again is a crit. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. He's dead anyways, I bet. Yeah, he's dead anyway. 25 damage, significant overkill. It is dead. Technically 48 damage. Holy cow, 48 now. Okay, yeah, a significant overkill. And it is completely destroyed. That zombie is gone. So um, four crits and a bastard sword hit killed it. And I didn't I didn't specifically say this. I didn't need to flank him to get make him flat footed because I have gang up. So I just have to be have two of us adjacent to the enemy. Nice. Very nice. Okay. Then uh, after Milo, it is going to be their turn at the start of their turn. I still have one more action. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, which I will use to attack this other one to my right. Okay. And I am using an agile weapon. Uh, that'll be a natural one, so we will miss. <laughs> a miss. All right. So now the zombies will go, and at the start of their turn, um, the two who are within range of this effect and have not yet been affected by it, Nim and Milo, I need will saves. Barry, you are just outside the range. You said this is a fear effect? It is a fear effect. Do we still have that, Tyler? The, in- the Inspire Courage, right? You do still have the Inspire Courage, yes. Which is giving me a plus one. That is correct. Another natural one. Ouch. I am rolling so terrible tonight. It's not even funny. <laughs> I think David rigged these dice. Something, <laughs> he he did something to the server. And Nim gets a 16, it looks like. Yeah. Do I need Actually, to make one, too? Low, no, you uh, you will not be affected by it. Uh, so you both are going to fail this. Uh, will save. So both of you are going to be... If it makes a difference, I critically fail. Probably, because I rolled a one. Yeah. So you are both frightened one and paralyzed for one round. Awesome. No good on the paralyzed condition. And then they will. I just want to say this triggers bravery. Okay. Uh, So if I get a success on a will save, it's a critical, but anytime I gain the frightened condition, reduce it by one. Oh, so you are not frightened at all. It doesn't have a minimum. No, but I mean, I'm still paralyzed, right? You are paralyzed for one round. Uh, yes. So that's worse than friend. So. <laughs> uh, so the zombie on the lower right is going to take a step action because he wants to completely surround Tarash. They're basically just going to go all out and try and kill you, uh, Tyler. And um, yeah, here comes some attacks. These guys are pretty straightforward. So we'll just continue with that guy's turn. He'll make an attack, and he gets a 31 to hit. 31 does hit. So with that attack, he is going to deal you 11 damage. He makes another attack, this time with a penalty. He gets a 30 to hit, though. Roll to 19. 30 still hits. And he will deal you 15 damage. Okay. The zombie, the westernmost zombie, is going to take his turn, and he is just going to swing. 
That is another natural 20, I'm afraid, so that's another crit. Hot shit, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's crit. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's 28 damage. Second attack, I get a 14. That is going to miss. And the final attack is only at a plus six. And we get a 16. That will also miss. Okay. Right. Now the northernmost zombie. It is his turn. How's your health looking there, my friend? I'm about half right now. Huh. How unfortunate. So attack number one from the northernmost zombie is going to get a 32 to hit. 32 is a critical hit. It is a critical hit? Your AC is only 22? Hold on. That's a really low AC. I take that back. My AC is 23, so never mind. It is just a critical hit. hit. (laughs) So that's 13 13 damage. Its second attack is a 27, so that's also going to hit. And that's going to be 16 damage. We now move to the easternmost, and it is going to make its three attacks at you. Going to get a 21 to hit, which you said misses, right? That would miss, yes. Its second attack with a penalty. Going to be a 23 to hit. That does hit, right? That's spot on. So it's going to deal you... I hate to say anything, but you're also being flanked. That's true. Oh, so that means that one crit would have gone through. Hit me with it, with it. Hit me with it. You take nine damage. I'll take another nine. So that was from that hit. Uh, Let me just do the third attack on this one. Come back and and crit me for real. Plus six. I didn't, it wouldn't have changed it to a crit, would it have? Yeah, it would have. Yep. I was off by one. A 33 crits me. You rolled a 32. Mm. 17 to hit with the final attack. It also means that 21 would have hit. That 21 would hit as well. Hit me with two. Hold on. <laughs> Not, sorry to be the rules lawyer, but I am the rules nah, lawyer. <laughs> You're going to put me down and it's fine. David, this is just, uh, okay. this is revenge for last night. <laughs> All right. So, this is so, revenge for, for, for Tyler not getting the fuck out of the way. <laughs> um, okay. So, what we're saying, so there's a crit that should have gone through and a normal. Uh, you, you owe him 4D, 46 plus 12. <laughs> That's correct. All right. Here it comes then. I got 22 HP left. No oh, way. What? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Dude, I rolled quad ones on that. So that is 16 damage. How's that oh, even possible? So much fun. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is great. I got six HP left. It ain't looking good, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just over here taking hits like a... Yeah, it's fun. I'm having a good time. Oh my god! So that's, that's a one stupid. in like thirteen hundred chance, I think. <laughs> the who is your god, Tyler? Who is uh, Trash Scott? I, I I worship uh, obscure Uruxi deities. Uruxi okay. deities. Well, they do not want you to die. Apparently, no, they really don't. My tribe, my tribe has my heart and my back. <laughs> so that is the end of the mummy's turn. That brings us to uh, Barry. Barry's going to mark the guy in front of him as his hump prey. Well, the guy that's between Milo and Tarash. Sure. Yep. This is hump prey as his first action. The second action will be deadly aim. So I take a minus two penalty. My shot. 29 will hit. Uh, it would be 27. 27 still is going to hit, though not a critical. First shot is 11 damage. All right. 
And for his third action, he will do hunted shot to shoot a second and third shot. How do the penalties work on that? I like normal. Okay. So you get a 28 and a 22, it looks like. Is that right? Correct. The 28 will hit. The 22 will not. Okay. So the hit, that's another seven damage. I should say that my uh, multiple attack penalties is lower because I did take the Hunter's Edge Flurry, and this is my Hunt Prey. Is that the end of Barry's turn? That is, yeah. All right, that brings us to Nim. Okay. I feel like I need to take one of these guys down before my boy is overwhelmed here. So moving there does trigger another spear. Wait, oh wait, I'm not moving. I actually have not. I forgot I need all three actions. <laughs> you and I are both paralyzed, aren't we? Oh, yeah, just getting Oh, shit, done. you're paralyzed. That's right. Paralyzed. I'm sorry. I forgot. Thank you for I'm, I'm fucking everybody here. Sorry, guys. You are. <laughs> no, that's, like, that's literally what you're here for, Swanee. So, I mean, not that we enjoy you as a, as a guy and everything, you know. But it's really your your, pedi- your pedantism or whatever. Uh, yeah. You, you have, word. real quick, paral- I want to touch on paralyzed real quick. Your body is frozen in place. You have the flat-footed condition and cannot act except to recall knowledge and use actions that require only the use of your mind. Your life flashes before your eyes. Just uh, all I'm you saying is You recall that knowledge. It may be a good idea to do like a recall knowledge religion to get as much information on these guys while you're there so you're not wasting action. It's just being paralyzed. If you'd like to, sure. If you've got religion, you can do so. Hell no. <laughs> Gave that up with Daru, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I mean, my turn's done. All right. Finn. Then we're back to the top of the order. Back to the top of the order with Tarash. All right, so I have uh, a, a plan here. First thing I'm going to do is keep keep doing my haka, uh, keep okay. inspiring courage. Then I am going to use the shove action on the guy who is on the mummy who is just to the west of me. Okay. I'm currently being flanked. So, yeah, I'm going to use a, an athletics check to shove. Now, be careful if you shove him. He, you have to follow him. No, I don't think you do. I think you can. I think that's a may. Well, hold on a second. You push. You can stride after it, but you must move the same distance in the same direction. So, so you that was can, a critical success. But you don't have to. Yeah. If I critically succeed, I must move the same distance in the same direction. So I'm looking for just a straight success here. Well, with a 37, you not only succeed, you critically succeed. Shit. You don't have to move. It it literally says in critical success that you have to move on shove. You can. Oh, critical success. They both say you can. You can strike after it, but you you don't have to. No, I'm not going to move. I'm just going to put my foot right in this dude's chest and then just push him back. Uh, It's critically right? 10 feet away from me, yes. You do so. Now, I was looking for it to trigger a trap. I'm looking for it to trigger a trap, and I don't care which side it comes off of because I'm flanked on either side. Does that happen? It does not. Shit. Then I'm going to shove the guy to the right of me. (laughs) Okay, another shove action. I'm going to shove again. I want this to happen. Shit. You get a 19. Get a a 19. I'm afraid uh, that would fail. That's uh, all three of my actions, then. I am done. Okay, then uh, it is Milo's turn, and you are paralyzed. Um, I guess I'll think really hard about what I know yeah, about sure. mummies. Sure, sure. It's a recall knowledge on religion. I get a what? two for a fourteen. Like they're they're wrapped in like cloth, 
and they're you know Syrian a lot. <laughs> they're probably undead. They're probably yeah. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. Oh, it's funny. Those rolls suck. You have yes, and sucky rolls. Yeah. Anything really else from, from Milo's mind? No. Um, all of his spells have at least verbal, so. And it's the zombie's turn. So we will start with that one to the south of you, as I have been doing. And he will make an attack. Going after me again, bud? Yeah. yeah hit me. Again. Gets a 27 to hit. 27 hits, but hold on a sec. What? No. No, I was just hoping something would work. I'm, I don't know. I'm frantically looking through my inventory right now. To see so. what you've got to save your yeah, ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Give curious. A, do you, do you have do you have acrobatics or anything? I have some, yeah. I mean, you could have tumbled through his square and gotten the hell out of there. I could have, but I was looking to shove the two away from me and trigger a trap so that one of them would die. That one deals you 15 damage. 15 puts me under. I am at zero. All right. He will then turn and in, and attack Milo. I'm flat-footed, so I have a minus two. He gets a 26 to hit, which I certainly yes, will hit. Yes, that will hit. And he will deal you nine damage, and then he will take his third attack and get an 18, which I that assume will miss. miss. All Even right. flat-footed, that misses. Okay. Uh, zombie I mean, we on- be unparalyzed now, right? Yeah, you are now unparalyzed, yeah. I suppose. Oh, I suppose it goes down at the end of my turn, doesn't it? Yeah, it would. All right, zombie number, or the western zombie moves up, and he will attack Nim. And he still doesn't trigger anything? He has not triggered a trap. Nim, does a 30 hit you? E. He will deal you 13 damage, and with his second attack, he gets a 16, which I'm sure misses. E. Milo, that one moves up to your right, your east, takes an attack. It's a 33 to hit. That hits. So it deals you 13 damage. Takes its second attack. Ooh, it's a 28 to hit. Yeah, that hits. And deals you 11 damage. And finally, this one in the back is going to finish crawling over the uh, wall of the sarcophagus, move up to Nim, and make his one attack that he is going to get this round. He gets an 18 to hit Nim, which I'm assuming 18 misses. All right, we now move on to Barry. You are now within the range of their thing. You're inspired until the beginning of my next turn. Good. You're gonna, it'll be helpful to you because you need to give me a will save now. 30, 30. You're fine. You shrug it off, these guys don't bother you. Okay, I'm gonna shoot at the same one that's my hump brain. Uh, First shot is gonna be deadly aim, so this will be at a minus two. 32 Mm -hmm. to hit. You do hit. Is the 32 a crit? Not quite. Uh, that's going to be 14 damage from the first shot. Uh, second shot will just be a regular shot. 22 to hit. I'm afraid not. And then I will do haunted shot to shoot third and a fourth shot. Does the base or does the uh, attack bonus continue to go down or there's a cap? It caps, caps at three. three. So your third and fourth shot will be at the same bonus. Matt, That's a crit. And a 22. Which misses. So this, uh, and anything around him that he'd get pinned to? Uh, the the rock behind him? (laughs) (laughs) Rock he's standing on? I don't know. Good Good rolls. Uh, 25 damage. Excellent. Don't forget about deadly. Oh. 
Yep, you are right. Plus another four, so 29 damage. Kill it, kill it, Excellent. kill it, kill it. After Barry, it is Nim. Okay, I'm got a lot of guys around me. We're still just poking at this one in, in the front. All right, I'm yep. going to shocking grass the one directly in front of me. That's not the one that everybody else has been attacking. I, I'm hoping it's got like one attack left, and I'm gonna hit it. Okay. So you're not attacking the one we've been attacking? I'm splitting my attacks. Oh, okay. How much damage have we dealt to it? Like I have no idea. A lot. I can not tell enough, you. obviously. It is bloodied. I can tell you that. It is heavy damage. Alright. So I'm shocking grass one in front of me. 31. 31 hits. 14. Alright, and that's the one right in front of you, right? Yeah. Alright. 14 then... damage. I will swing at the one to the right. 33! Critical um, hit. So, oh, hold yeah, on. I did that right. Is that... The spell's an attack, right? Yeah. So, you'd have... I took my negatives. They both say plus 15, so... He did say that his weapon attack is better than his spell attack. Or right, yeah. Wow. Is that it that much be. better? Wow. Nice. My attack... My physical... My weapon attacks are 19, 14, 9. Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's a, a nice weapon attack. 19? Damn. Yeah. Um, and this will trigger my spell, B spell weapon. So this is the evocation damage plus the weapon damage. So 20 damage to that one we've been hitting. Excellent. You deal it 20 damage. Oh, my bad, guys. I thought I would kill it. <laughs> it's close. Uh, did you is say that, that was all a, for Nim? Did you say that was a crit? No. Yeah, it should be a crit. 33? Yeah, 33 is a crit. Oh. So, 44 damage, and he's flat-footed now. He's dead. Okay. Wham. Boom. All righty. That is two down. Three to go. It is now back to the top of the order with Tarashk. You are dying one, my friend. Let's go ahead and roll that d20. I'm actually just before the mummies. Oh, that's right. You would be now. I forgot. Thank you. Milo, then, is now the top of the order. But we would still lose your, your stuff, at no. this point, yes, you lose because that's when courage. you should have been. Yeah, that's when you lose it, and then I would normally be like putting it back on. So yes, it would be at this point that you would lose that. Okay, um, I will do something similar to um, Nim, and I will shocking grasp level one this guy in front of me. One directly to your east. No, the one no. to my northwest. northwest. All right, the one that, that because because did. we're both within range of it. Oh, that I gives you flank or I have flat footed against him. That makes sense. I get a seventeen for a total of thirty one. That hits. Okay, so I will do basic damage, which is very average of me, a twelve and a one, thirteen. But okay. then I also get my two d six sneak attack. An additional eight, so I get 21 total damage with my first two actions, and then my third action will be to attack with my short sword. And um, actually, since he's flat-footed, that should be. Did you reduce his AC by two? Oh. And does that make it a crit? That would a make it a crit. Was a crit. Yeah, exactly right. It would be. Excellent. So I think everything doubles, right? I think that's what people have been yeah. saying. Yeah, it all doubles. Wow. So I deal an additional eight electricity and four um, precision. All right, so additional 12 damage. Okay. So not great rolls, but I'll take it. 
And then I will attack with my short sword for my third and final action. Well, another 17 for a total of 30 against his flat-footed. Very good. Uh, not a crit, but hits. If only I still had that plus one. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the difference. I will do him 18 damage. Excellent. That moves us on to... Now it'll be Tarashk, who will go right before the zombies. Okay, so I'm dying one. You are dying one. I don't have die hard. I do, however, have toughness. So that means that it's going to be, I need to roll a 10 or higher. 17 under the die. That's a 17. You, uh, shit, what happens? (laughs) A 17 is just a regular success. So my dying value is reduced by one. So that means my dying goes to dying zero. Now that means that I lose the dying condition by succeeding at a recovery check. I'm still at zero hit points and I remain unconscious, but I but can- But you're no longer dying. I can, I'm no longer dying, yep. So that is Tarashk's turn. That now moves us to the zombies. Yeah, they're just gonna, they're just gonna go for it. Can, can the same creature have more than one persistent damage from different, different uh, people? Because part of Shrek and Grass was both Nim and I did is 1d4 electrical persistent. Oh, sure, why not? I'd say they'd stack if you both did it. And that's both going to be on that one that's directly north of Nim, right? Correct, at the end of his turn. Okay. So I'm going to start with the uh, one directly east of Milo. It's going to attack Milo three times. So attack number one. Kind of hoping he would move. Gets a 22. Does that hit? That does not hit. Attack number two. Gets a 20. Also a miss. Correct. And attack number three. An 18. Miss. Nim, you're going to get attacked three times by the zombie directly to your north. A 21. Does that hit? No. Attack number two. A 30. Does that hit? Yeah. It's going to deal you 17 damage. Good rolls. And its third attack, a 21. So a miss again. And then the zombie to the northwest of Nim will attack Nim three times as well. First attack, a 32 to hit. Is that a crit? No. It will deal you 13 damage. Its second attack, a 15 is going to miss. And its third attack, a 17 is going to miss. Okay, and now the one directly north of Nim is going to take how much damage from Shocking Grass Persistent? Uh, One from mine. And then I assume one from mine as well. Well, you got to roll a d4, I think. Yeah, 1d4. Four. It's a five damage. Okay. And now he can make rolls to end those persistence. Yes, and it will. It'll make two rolls. Does it have to do two, or is it only one? I'm not positive about it. First one's a 14, so that's going to fail. Unless we find something different, I would say you'd need to roll it for each effect. That would make sense, because otherwise that would make... I think it would make sense if they're two separate things, but like... Because I think they're two separate things. I mean, I'd even see them as two separate things, because it's two separate, like... Areas? Spell effects. Yeah, like it's two separate spell effects, two separate spells. I don't think you should be penalized for both using the same spell. Oh, hold on. You can be simultaneously affected by multiple persistent damage conditions so long as they have different damage types. Oh, okay. Ah. Well, okay, we'll just keep that in mind moving forward then. So, I mean, he would have failed the first one, which is he would only have had one. And he only so, would have taken one damage instead of well, five. No, he would have taken four instead of one, or instead of five, because oh, Nim sensors. was the first one to hit him. 
correct. So he gets one HP back, and he's still taking shit. <laughs> and that brings us to Barry's turn. Uh, deadly aim, I shoot uh, 26 to hit. 26 does hit. 15 damage. Then I will hunt a shot to shoot a second and third time. 29 to hit. That hits. 26 to hit. That hits. Six damage and nine damage. All right. And then uh, for my third action, I will shoot a fourth time. Jeez. That's a lot of arrows. 24 hits. 24 hits. Max damage, 13. There you go. That one took a lot of arrows before it went down. Just filling it like a pincushion on that turn. Four shots, four hits. Death. Destroyed. Uh, that then moves us on to Nim. I will just uh, power attack this one to the left. 35. That is a critical hit. That's not good for this thing. 60 damage. Oh! <laughs> oh! 60 damage? 60 My. damage. And it's yeah. flat-footed. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, hold on a second. When you power attack, it adds damage dice for a weapon damage dice, right? Yeah. Where does it double the weapon damage dice? But, no, it just adds one. Adds damage. one. Yeah. So you just rolled 60, 12 plus 14. 14. Your rolls are kind of poop on the first one, too. 7, <laughs> 3, and 8. Well, no, I guess that's all right. But then 6, 12, and 10. Goodness. So 60 damage, you really take a chunk out of this zombie. And then I'll just cast shield. All right. Fair enough. Uh, then that moves us back to the top of the order. Who is now Milo? Yeah, I'm not so sure what to do here. I am going to risk it. I'm probably going to get fucked, but I am going to make a step action down here. Okay. Does anything happen? Yeah, you trigger a spear. So it launches Hold up. Hmm. Didn't that zombie get pushed and, like, depress that plate when I shoved him? Uh, yes. And it still, it didn't, it didn't trigger a spear you then. I have not figured now. out how these traps I, work. I, I totally get that. I'm just double checking so that in my, when I'm empirically looking at how to solve this whole fucking depressed floor tire puzzle. Got it's it. It's probably living tissue or something like that that has to do it. That's probably it. Fuck. You're probably right. So that's why your rocks worked. And the undead don't do it, but we do. Here's the thing. This one launches out of the left side of the room, which means it attacks the zombie. Ah, is between you and the trap launcher. Now that one works out just fine. So... (laughs) Jeez! (laughs) (laughs) I roll a 20 on it, so we critical the zombie. It's about time David's fantastic rolls tonight end up in our favor. (laughs) <laughs> so that is 46 plus 12 damage. So that is 28 damage. I just did 28 damage without even doing anything. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So that was my and first now, move. <laughs> that was my first action. <laughs> I'll take it. I, uh, then just keep I, moving back. Yeah. <laughs> just trigger more of them. I will sneak attack it. Yeah, that's all I can do, really. And that's a nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That's a. Hold on. How is it a sneak attack? 
My sword crit specialization made it flat-footed. I missed that, thank you. Also, I have gang up, which means as long as there's two, me and an ally adjacent to it, and within reach, it is flat-footed to me. Oh, this is all fucking team plays right here. Oh god, gang up is the best rogue feat, I love it. Gang up is the best. It is now a sixth level rogue feat. And you don't, it's not a teamwork feat? No, there's no such thing as teamwork feat. Phenomenal. It's phenomenal, I love that. So, yeah, that's how I've been doing it, all my sneak attacks this entire fight. It's an absolute must as... At this point, uh, yeah. As a sneak attack rogue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, I will roll this damage twice. Sneak attack does double on a crit. Yes. So I will deal him a total Jeez. of 44 damage on the first attack. Absolutely obliterated. Oh, it's dead now. Oh, completely. Beautiful. Um, in that case, I will use my third action to cast shield on myself. All right, cool. That was a highly effective turn. And that brings us to Tarashk. I'm just unconscious, unless you say I wake up, boss. It's at a minimum of 10 minutes. Yeah, essentially, yeah. But it said so. that, the G- that basically at a moment of time, the GM, you know, it's up to you, dude. Yeah, nah, sorry. We're going to go 10 minutes minimum. Good. Good, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> Twist the uh, knife. It is now the zombie's turn, and it will. Uh, it is mindless. It just it doesn't realize it should now run away. It simply moves up and will attempt to attack Nim, who is in front of it. So it takes a step action to get within melee range of Nim, and it takes its first attack, getting a 34. Miss. I mean, not miss. Sorry, a hit, but not a crit. It, not a crit. Okay. Uh, so it deals 10 damage, and it takes its second attack at Nim. Getting a 28 to hit. Hit. And it will deal 12 damage. That is its turn, and it is the only zombie left, so we now move on to Barry. Barry marks the last one as his Humphrey, and then he will fire a deadly aim shot at him. Ouch. Uh, 21. That misses, I'm afraid. Uh, Then he will hunt a shot for a second and third shot. At one, and a 15. Oh, our, looks, our luck turned around there. <laughs> uh, we then move on to Nim. All right. Uh, I'll just do the same thing here with the... Actually, I will use my Force Bolt, which is Focus Spell, and it is basically a magic missile. It just hits the target, so we'll deal five damage. Okay. But this triggers my B-Spell weapon, so adding a D6 to my possible hit here on my weapon. Nice. Breaking out the fancy spin. 30! 30, 30, hit. 30 hits. 33 damage. Dang, this character is cool. I like this character, Spencer. All right. Uh, back to the top of the order then with Milo. That's a two. It went to hit anyways. That's a 19 to hit. <laughs> yeah, that misses. Use my second attack. It is flat-footed. That's a natural 17 for a 30. Yeah, absolutely. That is. Probably doesn't crit, though, as we've already figured out. 23 damage. Nice. And we will throw the prayer out there with the third attack. 23 to hit. Hits. Nice. You will do 19 more damage. Excellent. And that'll be my turn. Milo, it is Tarashk. I'm still unconscious and at zero hit points. You are. You're having having nice dreams. Dude, why Uh, are you you unconscious? Uh, Because I'm at zero hit points. Because I walked up to a bunch of mummies and started doing the haka and didn't 
get out of there in yeah. time. It's I did true. that thing, dude. I do that thing I always do when I actually play a player character. Is I put my my characters into irrationally dangerous situations and don't have a way to escape. Yeah, that is a, a Tyler uh, a Tyler regular. Uh, it is the zombie's turn, and it's just going to attack Nim on its first attack. It gets a thirty-one to hit. Hit. It'll deal thirteen damage. On its second attack, it gets a thirteen, so that's gonna miss. And on its third attack, an eight, which is really gonna miss. Rough. Barry. Barry does this thing where he shoots a lot of arrows. Um, yeah, that's starting, his thing. Starting with a deadly <laughs> aim. Twenty-one. Twenty-one will not hit. Okay. Then uh, hunted shot to shoot a second and third. Eighteen. I'll miss as well. Twenty-eight. That will hit. And I'll, I will shoot a fourth shot for my third action. And roll that one. So I got one hit in there out of my four shots. Nine damage. Very right. done. Then we move to Nim. Nim power attack. 33. Uh, 33 is a fucking crit. Nice. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Those power attack crits. Uh, that would be uh, 72. Jeez. You oh, have... Bifurcated this zombie. It is crazy D12 rolls. Destroyed. And with my final turn, I turn my greatsword, bastard sword, back into a staff. (laughs) Look at me, I'm just a frail caster. (laughs) Well done. Well done. You have destroyed the zombies. You are out of initiative, but bear in mind you are still completely surrounded by traps. At this point, we gave a shot at an extreme encounter, which we'd agreed upon beforehand. I threw a lich at them. It was here that we started to realize that extreme encounter really means run away, particularly if you're talking about a solo mob extreme encounter. That means a singular creature whose CR is four higher than the character's level. So in this case, the lich was a CR 12 against a party of level eights, and they really had no chance against the prepared spellcaster. They were defeated handily, not really being able to do anything to the lich. From there, we went on to talk just a little bit about how we felt regarding dedications as a solution for multi-classing. So really quick, before we are done with this, I do want to ask everybody, like, what do you think of dedication feats compared to 1E and like 3.5's style of multi-classing? How do you like dedication feats? I mean, I did like Archetypes. There were like a lot, like, and that's probably because there's more books out, but like, there's a lot more yeah. customization, but there's going to be a lot more dedications in. I mean, there is archetypes, yeah. but they're basically dedications. Like, at, yeah. this, at this point, I feel like it took a lot away from my character to get well, only a, like a little bit of other stuff. I feel the same way. I feel like they're a little underpowered, but I think they can give you some fun versatility stuff, but I don't think you're going to be min-maxing by taking dedications at least right now. Unless, I mean, unless we're looking at a very specific build, like yeah, here, I'll tell, like I'll tell you, like for my druid, I'm doing, I'm doing druid, and I'm going into fighter to grab power attack and attack of opportunity, because I'm not going to be casting any spells. That's fair. So, like, I think it'll work. It might fucking suck balls, I guess. <laughs> so, I, don't, it, I, I mean, don't th- I don't think my guy's bad. No, yeah. no, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, I like, yeah, I part- I particularly liked. Bear or uh, I particularly liked Nim and Milo. Tarash, I would have liked to have seen more of what you could do. And yeah, I'm with you, Ted. The Ranger is just 
so dull. Ranger's a ranger. Shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah, I didn't get to use the rage action, unfortunately. Yeah, it's hard for the bard because you you need to like keep up your. That's what I noticed, and I'll tell you what. If I actually had the option here, and I should have just asked David if I could do it, I honestly would have done a witch with the barbarian dedication because uh, oh, sure. I could still do the occult spell list, but I could sustain a spell with cackle, which has the auditory trait and not the concentrate trait. That's what that's what prevented me from oh, raging. I see. So, gotcha. like, that makes one sense. of the feats I took, one of the barbarian feats I took was Moment of Clarity, and for an action, it allows me to spend my next action or activity, give it the rage trait so I could cast a spell, right? But, mm -hmm. like, first I was just in the shit, obviously. Yeah. And there was not I mean, and that was that. cool. I mean, like, using spells to enhance your survivability while you were in there. That was yeah. cool. I mean, that was really neat. Um, yeah, I wish I would have gotten a chance to use more of my spells, but this second fight went so fast. It was just yeah, we never got a chance. chance to, I never got a chance to do anything. Well, so that's kind of where I noticed that True Strike was going to be a lot stronger than Shock and Grasp because I'm hitting for more than my Shock and Grasp does. So right. I was trying when to use crit. Yeah, I was trying to use True Strike to get the crits because like you don't have to roll a twenty; you just have to roll ten up. Thanks for joining us here at the MinMax Podcast. Really quick, we want to give a shout out to World Eater, our first ever patron on Patreon. That's right, we have a Patreon now. And if you'd like to support MinMax and what we do, we can't tell you how much we appreciate that. You can find us on Patreon at MinMax, M-N-M-A-X-E-D, as always. You can find links to all of our stuff on our website as well. That's just www.minmaxed.com. Now remember, next week, the Extinction Curse. We cannot wait to share that adventure with you. And until then, we hope you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.